It is, in fact, theft, baby bootleg. Um, good evening, good late, good Thursday, whatever. I stumbled all over that like a one-legged sprinter. Um, but yeah, so let's try that again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night, so you know what that means. It means that my green screen doesn't cover up the dresser fully, so it looks trashy. I thought I'd fix that. I'll just hold it. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Ignore the man behind the curtain. Anyways, um, that means I've got a guest on tonight. Uh, and I think this will possibly be our last presidential candidate. I don't know of any more that have announced. There's there's quite a few. I don't know if anyone else is going to announce. I don't know if there's a certain Jewish guy from South Carolina who may or may not. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. You know what, though? You know what we do know is that our guest tonight is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, there should be a lot of good questions, well, definitely a lot of good discussion. But we're going to do this thing. Check us out on most of those platforms. Ignore, I mean, we still post to Facebook. Let's, uh, I mean, we can be honest, right? Like Facebook, we, we still kind of use it, but not really. It's... um. It's like why it's why it's like why use the State Department to negotiate peace when we can just send bombs to Israel. You know that's that's kind of like the Facebook now. We it's it's there, but we don't really use it. But you can find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Speaking of veterans, Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, leading Libertarian veteran issues, leading veterans Libertarian solutions. Good guys, I know because uh, I've met them. They're awesome dudes. They're super cool. Go check them out. And then we got the the merch thing, the t-shirts. Um, and then we do the Sunday show, Just BSing. Bootleg and Susie, Just BSing. We got part, part of the reason why I guess it was kind of a an okay thing we had to reschedule this is we got nuked off of YouTube for about a week because of our football coverage. Apparently the NFL is like deep in the pockets of YouTube. But speaking of YouTube, go hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the, uh, the the like button and the notification bell. That way you know when we go live. Uh, so that we, you know, it, it helps us get the content to you. What's the point of buying something for free if we can't get it to you? So hit the subscribe button. Um, I think that's, uh, nope, I got a few more. NovelPodcast.com. Go check that out. Redemptionstatusquo.com because everybody needs a ballistic face mask. Probably Libertarian does our merch. They're awesome. They're fantastic. We love them. Um, insert Trump adjective here. Uh, not that one. Also, go check out tntakingaction.com slash donate. Awesome organization. Uh, if you think red flag laws are bullshit and you don't want to see them in the greatest state there is, Tennessee, go check it out. And then we also got rectoregime.com, but we'll get into that in a little bit here. Uh, but let me go ahead and introduce my guest tonight. You probably know him. If you don't, you've been living under a rock. Uh, it is Dr. Michael Rechtewald. Only the second time we've had a doctor on the show. First time with you, an actual doctor. Uh, years ago, it was Dr. Shields. Landon Shields. Oh, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. I forgot it's not just his wife. Yes. No, she's a practicing doctor. He's a uh, bourbon doctor. Like he educates, but he like drinks more bourbon than he. Oh, I said that live. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Doctor Michael, holy crap, Doctor Michael Rechtenwald, candidate for president, 
United States Libertarian Party. Hello there. Good evening, America. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. Very well. Thank you very much. I'm fired up. I feel so lame next to you. He's like author, distinguished fellow, Hillsdale College. He, he taught at universities, and mine just says ATF. <laughs> hey, man. Takes all types. That's what uh, Rothbard said. There's different rules for different people. Different strokes for different folks. I, I'm down with it. I dig it. So uh, you got some big news today, didn't you? I mean, it, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this. We'll hit it out of the, the park early, and uh, we'll, we'll get okay. to it. But uh, you got some big news. Yes, I uh, managed to secure Judge Napolitano's endorsement. Now we'll be making he'll be making a major announcement next week when he has me back on. I was on his show today, and he said it was the uh, most viewers they ever had in the history of his show for a, a brand new guest. And uh, yeah, so he's having me back next week, and I'll actually become a regular on the show now. And he'll uh, endorse me officially, uh, you know, himself uh, on 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 uh, on the channel on the channel live next week. That's awesome. That's that's big. That's a big deal. He's a he's a big name in a lot of political circles. Um, so that's that's awesome. Congratulations on that. That's a huge oh, thank deal. You. Yeah, thank you. He's very big in the libertarian movement. I mean, he's not big within the LP per se. Um, but I mean, they were going to, they tried to draft him to be LP chair. I mean, he's, uh, he's very much a libertarian, a hardcore libertarian. And we talked about that today on the show, uh, about the state itself and what it is. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he, you know, I think he's, his endorsement, he's, he said he's been a fan of mine for many years and, uh, wanted, has wanted to have me on, but he, it was by popular demand that he have me on. So there was, he said, hundreds and hundreds of people asking to have me on, had me on today. Then after the show, uh, he uh, said, you know, he, he endorses me. So we're going to make that, he's going to make that uh, vocally known next week. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal because um, a lot of times we'll see inter-party stuff, you know, like well, so-and-so nominated so-and-so, but to have someone outside looking in be like, you're the guy that I want, that's that's impressive. And he's not he's not a name that you have to look up either. He's someone that a lot of people already recognize and someone that, you know, um, a lot of people in the politics either A, already listen to his show or B, know about some of his content. So that's impressive. That's, that's, a, that's a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, that's my draw. I mean, that's one of my draws is that I, I mean, I'm recognized well outside of LP circles and uh, this is going to become the trend is that I'm getting, I'll, I'll be getting more of these kinds of endorsements and I've had major endorsements besides them already. Like Jeff Dice, the former president of the Mises Institute, Walter Block, the economist, uh, Per Byland of the, uh, of the Mises Institute, uh, Dave Smith, of course, uh, very big voice, probably the biggest voice within the whole movement. Uh, so there'll be more following. And uh, once the, you know, this is the momentum that we're getting. And uh, I think I've, I've demonstrated that I'm the voice that reaches beyond the LP circles. And that's because I'm recognized outside of these circles. And um, I'm bringing people in already who were Republicans, 
no Democrats yet, but Republicans are the most likely defectors into or out of the, the Republican Party. And I think now that we're on war footing again, uh, there are people with principles within the Republican Party who see the Republican Party going down the same route that they've gone in the past and they're folding, uh, they're attempting to fold all of those uh, hitherto very brief ephemeral anti-war uh, people uh, back into the neocontent, neocontent or into the neocon cheerleading squad. But there are many people uh, that won't go and uh, they, they're, not, they're finding that they have no home in the Republican Party. So that's the kind of people we want to get in. And as long as we grow the party, that's that's what we have to do. We, we can't just keep talking to ourselves. Uh, otherwise, it's an echo chamber. So we got to be uh, proactive in drawing new people into the LP. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like It does get depressing watching CNN or C-SPAN or Fox News or whatever it is and seeing the what, what seems like the political atmosphere of the United States just collapsing around itself. Um, a house made of lies always collapses, and uh, <clears throat> that's what we're seeing. And fortunately for us, that's pushing you know a lot of their followers, their base to us because you know they they feel politically homeless, they feel abandoned and abused and downtrodden right. by these two parties who have just lied to them for decades. And when they finally figure it out. They'll never go back. And that's what happened with me. That's what happened, I'm sure, with yourself, with a lot of people. It's just yeah. you, you get tired of it and you push them here. And, and that's why it is important to have really good candidates running this election, because guess what? You know, the, people are going to be looking for someone to look to when it's when it's senile old man screaming at fat old man. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, this is stupid. We need someone better. And we need a, you know, a Michael Rectonwall to be up there to, to, to you know, to show people that insanity isn't synonymous with politics. Yeah. I mean, I've never, you know, I was never a politician, never had considered running for any office. I'm not a fan of the state. So I didn't want to be particularly want to be a state employee. I've never been employed by the state. And uh, that's not, that's not what this is about. I was convinced to do this uh, based on the, the movement that we're trying to build. It is not about, you know, look, we're not trying to build a top-down movement where a white knight rolls into uh, D.C. and d- dismantles the state's apparatuses. We're trying to build a movement that takes control at the local level, wresting power from the central government, investing it in the people. Uh, so that's what this is about. I'm the Mises Caucus endorsed candidate, and that's the actual that's the actual possibility for the LP. It wins 25% when it runs local. It loses everything else. Uh, and we don't even have a congressperson, uh, let alone, you know, a, a congressperson. So the idea of winning the presidency is like sort of like winning the lottery, frankly. And we're, I'm telling the truth about that. I'm telling the truth about that real political reality. And, um, you know, they're saying, why are you doing it, Ben? Well, I'm doing it as the spokesman for a movement and trying to increase the real the real object here is to increase liberty. Uh, that's the object of the LP anyway, is to increase liberty and to educate people about liberty. And having been an educator for 30 years, I think I'm very well positioned and capable of doing that.
So let's uh, well, let's let's kind of roll into this then. So you you did at one point in time uh, teach at a university or were a professor at the university. I don't know what the correct vernacular is. I graduated from an online college. If that tells you anything, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but uh, they're they're not um, worth the, many of them are not worth the, you know, the degrees they're printing are not worth the paper they're they're printed on at this juncture, but. You're not not the online. I'm talking about major universities now. I was about to say, man, he just went deep with it. He just shot all over my degree. <laughs> no, no, not your degree. Listen, I'm talking about people coming out of this, the places where I taught because they've been ruined. They've been ruined. Yeah. I would I would put a trade school over most universities now. I would put all trade schools over universities. Online courses, are, uh, online co- colleges, universities, or trade schools are just as good if not better than these major universities. So I'm not disparaging your degree at all. I will say this, uh, as someone who has done in-person classes, I did, I was actually doing a dual program. I was doing automotive and computer programming at the mm-hmm. same time because mm-hmm. I've seen that cars are basically just computers, computers. with fucking wheels now. Yeah. And uh, um, it is That's- it is very different because I went to uh, Northern Virginia Community College, which is where Jill Biden taught at for years. Uh, it was a different campus, but uh, yeah. like she was actually coming to our campus for some dumb shit or whatever stupid reason, yeah. and right, the, right, right. <laughs> they were they were required to tell us in the automotive department a bunch of hillbillies with chewing tobacco. He said, "I have to tell you, Joe Biden will be here uh, first, uh, second lady, whatever the fuck her name was at the time, and yeah. if you'd like to go, you can leave from class to go hear her lecture." And then he put it down and said, anyway, so we'll be covering welding today. And mm. not a single person got up. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. And uh, it's, just, it's just wild. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, 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 I put, um, you know, I think that the, um, the trade schools are uh, as much more valuable today than like getting a liberal arts degree. That's for sure. Well, it has this- to be. I mean. How many welders do you need on a daily basis versus how many people that know lesbian dance theory? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And this is what they're teaching. They're teaching, you know, uh, uh, transgender ideology and uh, and um, all this uh, nonsense that's a not not it's not theoretically at all justifiable and it makes no sense. It's full of contradictions and insanity. And uh, gets people nothing. I mean, they, all they get to do is talk. Uh, maybe as a barista, they get to talk this radical bullshit as they they see it. They think it's radical. It's not actually radical at all. Frankly, it's what the regime is pushing. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I've listened to a lot of different thoughts on, well, I guess what we call the collective culture war, you know, is Mm -hmm. is this right? Is this wrong? Is this wrong? Is this right? Whatever it is. Um, And the one thing I always find super interesting is the people who have the absolute shittiest takes on culture and society as a whole are the ones who have useless degrees from... Some big name college that their parents paid a hundred grand for them to go to, whatever the hell it was, and they'll say shit per like, year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, per year, yeah. and they'll say dumb shit like, "Of course we should be able to abort babies up until the point it's born. It's not a baby yet." I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot!" Like, like, look, we can we can agree that the state shouldn't regulate abortion, 
but to mm. pretend that it's not killing a baby is literally rewriting thing. everything. Yeah, you just put your finger on my policy about this or my stance. I'm pro-life personally, and I, I think it's wrong. And uh, but I don't. I think that the the movement of the ruling the you know the nixing of uh, Ray, Roe versus Wade and putting it at the state level is is the right direction that this has to go. And uh, so I think uh, even driving it to the more local level is even better. And ultimately, it's at the individual level. That's where it should, that's where it's determined. Now, I'll say that you know individuals uh, can do what they will or should be allowed to, but I would at the same time say I think it's wrong. So uh, it's not that's not a policy. That's a conviction, a moral conviction. Uh, so you know I think that individuals, no matter their size, have the right. Uh, to live i'm down with it um so going off of that let's do this because we we do need to actually philosophy and talking about stuff is always super fun uh but we yeah, do yeah. need to tell people what you're about so if you had to pick a number one policy item like mm -hmm. the, the your bread and butter whatever warms your heart at night keeps you going through all this what's your top policy well right now the most pressing thing facing us is the uh, the two theaters of war that the U.S. is involved in. And so this has to be addressed first. Uh, right now we have, uh, we're, uh, the Biden administration is going to put uh, float a proposal that a bill be drawn up to fund both Ukraine, actually three, three entities, Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, in a sandwich-type bill that will make it impossible for either side uh, to uh, vote against it without political uh, fallout. That is, they, you know, the, you're, they're trying. They call it jamming the far right, but it's also jamming the far left, because the far left has been behind the Ukraine uh, war, and the far right has is now behind, unfortunately, the uh, the war in Israel, and uh, they think that you know we should be supporting Israel with to the tune of. Uh, $10 billion more aid now on top of the $3.8 billion that we give them every year. We should also send rockets and cluster bombs to Israel, have troops stationed ready to deploy, 2,000 troops, two, uh, two um, ships uh, outside of the, uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean ready to sh shoot, uh, ready to have aircraft carriers. I mean, these are aircraft carriers ready for aircraft to take off and defend Israel. This is just outrageous. Uh, the empire is falling to pieces internally while it continues to extend itself beyond belief into, into conflicts we have no business in and conflicts we helped to exacerbate in the first place. Uh, th this is moral culpability that the, that the country has. And, uh, you know, I stand for absolutely no more aid, military aid, uh, to Israel, to Ukraine, to Taiwan, to any any nation. So this is not discriminatory. It's just we shouldn't be arming countries like this, and we shouldn't be sending them arms, and we shouldn't be getting in their battles. And we shouldn't be exacerbating and escalating the conflicts like we're doing in Ukraine and likely we'll do, in, and we're doing in Israel as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I love the fact that you call it empire. Um, because it, it, it just reinforces history, right? Like it shows this has happened before with China, uh, with 
the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, mm-hmm. the Spartan Empire for a long time, um, the British France Empire, under Napoleon, the British Empire. One yeah. key thing ended every single one of them. Well, it's actually two. It's it's political strife yeah. internally, mm-hmm. and then it's overextending itself. It tries to extend itself militarily as far as it can, and it it crushes under itself because you just can't reach that far sometimes and you keep pushing it and keep pushing it and it's the arrogance that allows them to keep pushing it until it all finally crumbles and i think that's what we're starting to see because we're, we're like you said you know the if for example the israel thing right yeah how many hamas fighters were in israel with m4s that the u.s left behind in afghanistan i guarantee you is a high number yeah i mean the arms came from somewhere and, uh, you know, most likely they came from U.S. arms manufacturers, and it's possible that shipments to uh, Ukraine got in their hands, although the, 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 uh, the corporate state media is denying that. And it's also very possible they got arms uh, from uh, Afghanistan or some other way so through some black market. But I guarantee you there are U.S. military arms uh, that came from the United States, that is, in the hands of Hamas. Yeah, I mean, even even if uh, we didn't accidentally supply them, I guarantee you the CIA has directly supplied them. And mm-hmm. look, because we know that this was coordinated, right? We don't mm-hmm. know who coordinated it, whether it was Iran or CIA Iran, but um, <laughs> someone did. And as as hungry as the DOD is for another conflict, I wouldn't be surprised if we did. If, if 20, 30 years from now, we don't find out that the U.S., instigated the entire thing behind the scenes it's possible but israel had a role too and don't forget that israel actually helped create hamas in the first place funded them Mm -hmm. over many years and then when qatar was about to cut funding to hamas netanyahu sent his henchmen over there to beg them to keep funding hamas they wanted hamas in power in uh in the in the uh in the gaza strip uh, because they don't want the Gaza Strip and the West Bank uniting under one leadership because they would have then a, a, a credible face for, you know, a two-state solution for, for a state of uh, Palestine or whatever they'd call it. So, and uh, the other thing is, it's, it's also very likely that uh, Israel wanted a militant terrorist organization running uh, the Gaza Strip because then... They could point to them and say, we can't negotiate with these people. We can't give them a state. And also, they would never get a hearing in the UN. Uh, You can't represent uh, a country like that or the potential country. So it really undermined the possibility of Palestine getting autonomy. And that's what they wanted. So it fits perfectly in their, uh, it's in their plan to keep, it was in their plan to keep Hamas in control of the Gaza Strip. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of research on it, but I have seen a lot of people saying that Israel uh, funded Hamas for a lot of years, which honestly, I don't have a hard time believing because we we funded Al-Qaeda for for decades. It's documented. Yeah, it's documented. Israelis saying it themselves. Uh, And I I give a lot of credit to Scott Horton, who has uh, put together uh, a, a trove of documents supporting this argument. And, and it's a fact. 
I would never want to be on the run from Scott Horton. I feel like he could <laughs> anywhere. I could be off planet, and he'd be like, "He's he's on the." You run. don't want to get on his wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> he's unbelievable, and I love That's his spirit. Crazy. He's got a great. I mean, the guy is a virtual encyclopedia of you know U.S. imperial uh, history, and uh, and he's a fierce, fierce interlocutor. A uh, real serious warrior for peace, and uh, interesting uh, language choice there, I must say. But uh, yeah, he's a serious advocate for peace, and uh, you know, he's a he's there, you know, the front man of this movement in these terms. And I think uh, you know, I defer to him, but I get a lot of my information from him, and I give him credit because he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, and that's something we've talked about with other uh, candidates before is, you know, people will ask a question and just saying, I don't know, uh, is always a good answer because realistically, you can't be the expert at everything. No, you can't. Uh, you've got to have someone who's who's smart at this stuff. you got to have someone who's smart at this stuff. That's why they have a cabinet. That's why they have people around them that are hopefully the smartest people that can help them with these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, uh, I love absolutely. that. So I have foreign policy advisors. Scott Horton is an informal one. He said he would, you know, talk to me anytime and run things by him anytime. I've got economic advisors officially, Walter Block, who's endorsed me, and some other economic advisors, too, that I can't name because they don't want to get involved in politics explicitly. And uh, other foreign policy advisors that I, I won't name because they haven't explicitly stated that they would do it, but they uh, would give me advice at any time. And then also, uh, you know, like a Bitcoin advisor. I can't possibly know everything about Bitcoin, but I know a few things. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I know what the arguments are for it and why it's so important. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bitcoin is an alternate currency, a parallel currency that could, uh, if put into great use or other currencies with other parallel currencies, could help erode the power of the bank of the Fed's monopoly over money. And that's important. That's hugely important. I'm down with it. So uh, this is another question I do like asking. So it's day one. You've won the presidency. You're sworn into mm -hmm. office. You mm -hmm. go to the White House. What is day one action? What's the first thing you're doing Like that has to be done? Well, I mean, you're not going to walk in there and be able to, you know, eliminate the Fed overnight. You're not going to be able to eliminate the FBI overnight. You're not going to be able to eliminate the CIA overnight, the ATF. But they're all, that's all on my agenda. That's what I would do. I would strike the CIA out of existence. I would strike the FBI out of existence. I would strike the ATF out of existence. I would strike the Fed out of existence. Um, and then there's some things, you know, I would abolish legal tender laws. And I would um, I'd get rid of a, a lot of... Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't attack it like how many people do I need to cut from the deep state? I would cut particular agencies right off the top. And that's that's the way I would approach it. Unlike, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy would say would reduce the federal government uh, employees by X amount and all that. That's not the way to go about it. The way to go about it is to go after the most pernicious elements of the state first and then take on the overall uh, bureaucratic bloat that uh, uh, subsists all through the state. I mean, now there's a couple movements underfoot that aren't connected to us, uh, particularly like the 
Project 2025 that's been launched by the Heritage Foundation, when they say they want to um, dismantle the deep state, but what they have in mind is just putting uh, bureaucrats under the purview and command of the president rather than getting rid of people or getting rid of departments or agencies in the deep state. You know, so it's just a reshuffling. You know, they, they, they say that the, the, the only problem is that you have these people that, are, that have policy decisions uh, making capacity or, um, you know, they have official capacity to make policy decisions. They should be under the president. Well, that's not the whole solution. That's not the size. That's not the problem entirely at all. You know, what we have is um, a bloated, unbelievably bloated bureaucratic, uh, uh, you know, base uh, within the state. And they are like a deep state in that they function almost, uh, yeah, I mean, autonomously in uh, direct oppositions at times to the to the federal to the executive branch and and the legislative branch uh so that's those have to be you know instead of like just putting them under the charge of the president you get rid of them uh, the cia is a, an oppressive apparatus that really has done incredible damage to human beings in the united states uh and around the world and I don't think anything it does is ever good. Uh, there's not anything that the CIA has done, including killing uh, Che Guevara, that is good. They shouldn't be doing those things at all. And it certainly shouldn't be carrying out MK Ultra and a whole slew of other things and propagandizing to us uh, nonstop, possibly being involved, and I think probably being involved in the JFK and Robert F. K. Uh, assassinations. I mean, the state has killed people that were either presidents or running for president. Let that sink in. That's what the state is capable of doing. They're they're capable of anything, and the CIA is capable of all kinds of atrocities and mind control. Uh, they're an, an evil entity. So. That is scary to think about, though, isn't it? Like, the the government is so large that, you know, even the president can't have a good chunk of control because as soon as they step out of line, the system will just get rid of them in plain daylight in mm -hmm. Texas in the mm -hmm. back of a car. Like, they don't yeah. give a shit. That's no. scary. That's incredibly scary to think about how big yeah. that system is. Yes, it is. It's scary to see how much power and autonomy they have and an important, you know, what and what their agenda is, which is very hard to it's very hard to determine exactly because they, they have done things on all sides of all matters. Right. Um, at some point in, in its history, they were trying to overthrow communist leaders. And now they seem to be about installing them, including in the United States itself. So <laughs> this is just crazy. I mean, they have an, an overarching agenda, and, and I think it's not coming from the country per se. I think it's probably coming from elsewhere, and that's scary in itself. Uh, and uh, I'd like to figure out a lot of things about that, but they have how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of documents that are classified that we'll never see probably. So the, the, they hide behind complete and complete secrecy. So that's a question I'll follow up with then. Um, 
Because this is one argument I always make to, because I have family who works for the government. I'm not going to say who or what department mm-hmm. where, but, sure. um, you know, my argument's always been if you're about a transparent government, the government cannot keep secrets even from its people. That's how that's how you get this monstrosity, right? Like if it's able to say, oh, well, this is national security. We don't need to tell you about all these kids we just blew up in this building. Don't worry about it. So if... Um, I shouldn't be laughing, if, but it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's true, though. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's it's insane. Like, they're like, yeah, it's fine. Keep secret. That's, don't worry about it. Just blow them up. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. As long as we don't hear about it, right? Um, but so if if you are president and you're given mm-hmm. the ability to, um, yep. would a document classification system exist? And if so, why? If not, why? Well, I mean, once you abolish these agencies, then all the documents become open. Uh, but I, I want to uh, backtrack a little bit here because I want to say that my campaign is about a movement, not simply a presidential run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is building power at the local level, uh, decentralization and nullification in the spirit of secession. So I'm trying, I'm, I am, I'm the spear now of the, uh, the tip of the spear here of, uh, this decentralization campaign. And that is, this campaign is about getting control, wresting power away from the central government, putting it in the hands of the people at the local level, as far down to the locality as we can get. And that is running LP candidates at local levels, supporting those candidates, getting uh, control of the sheriff's off the guns in, in your community, getting control of the school boards, getting control of all of those th- places where the federal government exerts its influence and control and uh, wresting control from them and acting uh, autonomously from the central government uh, and nullifying their unconstitutional laws and mandates. And this is in a spirit of succession, not necessarily literal succession, but uh, that's the only path for increasing liberty today, I believe. And that's what the whole campaign's centered around. Yeah, I do like that because it, it, it does require, <clears throat> I mean, if you want to downsize the government, it does require removing yourself from that. You know, it's an abusive mm-hmm. relationship. You got to get, number one, you got to get yourself out of the abusive relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, taking, you know, power away from the centralized government, giving it back to states, even though states on their own are just horrendous most yeah. times, but it, it starts, to, like you said, it starts a good precedence. We start reeling it back. And then counties are like, why does the state have all this power? Why, you know, um, why, uh, why shouldn't we have it? You know, that's what the Tenth mm-hmm. Amendment says too, right? Like, where the lo- smallest yeah. amount of government is the best. It should. Yeah. yeah. Similarly, along economic lines, in the Fed, for example, we we need to start getting the Fed to implode by resting away from it its monopoly power, and that is by using alternate parallel currencies in the market and uh, likewise ending the fed's virtual monopoly over money Uh, money should not be monopolized it should be private competing currencies in the marketplace and people in networks or localities or whatever should be able to use whatever currencies they agree on and, and accept from each other so this is why you know i am a big supporter of bitcoin but I'm not going to adjudicate the question of, say, Bitcoin versus gold. That's really up to the local people. That's up to the networks, too. 
uh, economic networks to decide. Similarly, uh, decentralization does not mean imposing a particular agenda upon all the regions. Some regions may, in fact, uh, want to follow the federal government and abide by everything that it says. And they, you know, they have that prerogative. They should have that prerogative. This isn't a, a totalitarian uh, imposition on anything. In fact, it's giving local localities the uh, ability to choose for themselves. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you, you're still giving people um, the, the choice to follow the Fed, and it's it's you know it's kind of like when um, I have a I have a, a common friend, a so-called friend of mine, um, that I'll have like discussions on anarcho-communism because mm -hmm. I really wanted to find out more of like how it looks. Yeah, and the way they've posted it is anarchists and uh, and cons and and caps can work together because. They said, all we want is just to build a community with no taxes and no one fucking with yeah, us. Yeah, that, that, I I mean, said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, anarcho-communism doesn't work on any scale beyond, like, the commune. Uh, because it depends upon people renouncing or having uh, wrested from them the right of property. And typically, the, the only entity that could that could enforce that is the state. So uh, that is to say the state can strip you of your property rights. And uh, so anarcho-communism on a large scale is a contradiction in terms. Uh, anarcho-capitalism is not. So, I mean, if people wanna be communists, go right ahead, but you're in, you can't impose that on other people because that is a violation of their property rights including the right of property in themselves, as once you are in a state uh, under which you are not allowed to have property, uh, you also really have no property in yourself because the state's telling you where you can work, what you can get, how much you can earn, et cetera, et cetera. So you're a slave. Now, in small communes, that's, it's, you know, I mean, if everybody there agrees and they renounce property, I mean, really, they can't. They can't really to the to the to the personal property level. I mean, I'm not wearing your underwear tonight, Chris, and I'm not going to brush. <laughs> and I'm not going to brush my teeth with your toothbrush. Uh, I I'm, not, I'm not using your used floss either. So the point is, mm. there is no real possibility of a propertyless society. This is just a myth. That's going to be the quote for the night. I will not wear your underwear. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but, yeah. um, no, so the reason I brought it up was simply because I was trying to <clears throat> show that, like, yes, like you know, at a small scale, like if you're yeah. talking, right, like a, almost like um like a Waco incident without all the child molestation. Like, if people yeah. want to choose to live in a house together and do their own thing, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's cool with it. Whatever, that's one thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like you know. It works at small scale, just like government. I mean, you can theoretically have a government at a small scale that works. It's not oppressive. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. going to kill people, right. theoretically. Yeah. But theoretically. anything bigger than that, it always kills people, just like communism does. Yeah. So then that's that's kind of what I was getting to. Is like if we can all choose to work together at small levels and be mm -hmm. local and do yeah, local yeah. things. Yeah, that's right. It works. That's right. There's nothing about this program of Project Decentralized Revolution that would impose 
you know, ANCAP philosophy on anybody. They could very well want to be communists. And if they want to, you know, if they want to work that way, they can. I don't think it would hold up because when it comes time, if it comes time that the federal government came down on them uh, with arms and stuff, uh, they wouldn't be able to decide, hey, is that your gun or my gun? Uh, <laughs> and uh, likewise, they'll be caught with their pants down and probably somebody else's underwear on. <laughs> yeah, I always know which gun's mine. It's always pink with unicorns on it, so it, it's, it doesn't get mixed up in any range. Okay. Gl- tons of glitter. You can just follow it forever. It's <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, I just... I do want to say... I'm for the audience. Uh, I've seen some new names in here. I'm not communist. I don't support communism. Communism is abhorrent to its moral core. Yes, but I do like the you know the well yeah, but it's the theory you know talking and yeah yeah you know trying to explain things I guess but yeah it's, uh, yeah 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 same here. I mean you know I understand the the point you're making though, and it's not about a proposal to support communism. It's a proposal to say people are free to do what they will. Uh, they just can't impose it on me. Correct. Yeah. So, um, I was, I had another question teed up and I just completely lost it. Oh, that's what it was. It was Brian's question. He had a really good one. So this comes from, uh, an angry little bearded man up in Maryland. He's just always angry. Don't whatever. Um, but he says, what does uh you know Michael Rectenwall think Biden's announcement will be about later? I have no idea. What this I means. think it's going to be about uh, full military support for Israel, uh, and uh, and standing beside our so-called ally at whatever cost, and uh, even inclusive of uh, U.S. soldiers and the lives thereof. I think it's going to be this full-throated pro-Israel, we're there for them no matter what to the end, including arms and aid and blah, blah, blah. That's what I think it's going to be about. You think he comes back out like he did before, like Darth Vader out of the Death Star, making sure people really under know, really understand who the evil villain is? In this yeah, that's, a, that's going to be... It could even go so far as a, a Bush type announcement like you're either uh for us in israel or you're with the terrorists you know it could be one of those no i mean like like the actual like they did a press conference where he walked out from a black back oh yeah 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 it, it looked like something out of star wars i was like what yeah the right fuck? well that was like they're just the telling us now <laughs> when he had the red background in, in philadelphia behind him that was spooky too i was like that means a lot of things first of all i think it means blood on uh, the blood of all the dissenters that he was talking about that's when he called uh, all the maga people terrorists and it also was red for communism i think as well and it was uh you know it had a lot of symbolic resonance i think uh and then he had the military behind him uh these military uh uh sort of statues around they're real real people but he had the military behind him to show, like, I'll whatever I'm saying, we'll enforce it with, you know, we'll use the military force to enforce it. Uh, so, yeah, he does. They definitely use particular symbolism to try to get across what they're after. 
Oh, well, you know what they say. The F in communism stands for food and fun. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, God, I just, I can't tell if his if his press team is this stupid or if they just don't care anymore. They're like, they there's care. nothing you can do. We got a senile 80-year-old something man to go to for you to vote him into office. We got you to do that. We could we could literally say murdering children backstage right now. Nobody'd say shit. Like, oh wow, that's beautiful. I think that's exactly why they actually pushed for Biden in the first place is to cynically suggest to us that we can put anything or anybody in this position that we want, including a guy that can't walk or talk. And you're just gonna eat it. So it was about sticking it in our faces. Uh, that, that I think, is a large part of what this regime is up to with this Biden administration. Yeah, make sure, though. Like, here's the important thing, right? Like, when they're backstage killing babies, is it equal? Like, are there as many black babies as white babies? <laughs> we got to be equal. No. It's, it's all about equality with this. It's regime. not equal, actually. They're, you know, are you talking about... Uh, Abortion per se, or just killing babies? They're they're bloodthirsty. I, I made a joke earlier, like, yeah. like they could have just said that we were killing babies back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their yeah. only question would have been like, "Is it equal?" Yeah, right. Well, okay. it's never, yeah, it's never really been equal. Their uh, child sacrifices have actually been eugenics programs, uh, starting from the progressive era when Margaret Sanger was uh, advocating for what she was. It was all against black people. Uh, she wanted them to abort. Sam says, thanks for joining our last episode. Joke's on her. I've said worse, and I'm still here. Because people come. I just feel better Michael, because now he's tied to that. Mm. That's just my opinion. I don't know what happened in the last episode. Sorry. No, she's talking about this as being our last episode as a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it got me thrown off Twitter. I lost my original Twitter account for statements just like this that I just made. I won't say it again because I don't want it to be the last episode for you. <laughs> but they've come at us for a lot and only the, the dumbest things stick. Like we got a strike for like having football broadcast like for a moment in the background and then uh oh talking about COVID back in the uh, the yeah. pandemic slapdown. Yeah, we got hit with that. Oh sure. Hard. I mean, look, they use these other things as just pretexts for getting rid of people they don't want to have any voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, hate speech laws are going so well in Europe. I mean, yeah. why shouldn't we implement them here? I mean, just regular people being thrown in prison for saying things. Absolutely. Uh, unbelievable. In uh, Great Britain, a, 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 a person was put in prison for praying in a certain zone quite you know silently praying so she was actually in prison for what was putatively happening inside of her head thought crime yeah not t-h-o-t crime but just th that's a title, that. she's, title, she, she's not in it <laughs> title of one of my books thought criminal by the way We'll all soon be there. It'll be a charge, and you won't even know what you thought about that the crime, but you just had that look on your face. Like yeah. Dirty yeah. shit. Yeah, man. It was like that little girl. She got, a, like, cops, like a whole, whole uh, not SWAT team, but it was like six officers. It was in London or Germany, like, 
they the little girl was like like copying the officer that had like autism or something like that. No, the girl had autism. It was like yeah. doing something goofy towards the officer, and the officer the girl was making fun of her. So yeah. they went to go arrest this fucking autistic kid. And I'm like, Yeah, I what? saw it. I saw the footage of that. It was horrible. What? They, they dragged her out of there screaming. It was terrible. Uh, but uh, yeah, they want to put uh, they want to put um, basically inside of our bodies, they want to have monitors on our organs and brain so that they can tell exactly what's going on. Whether if you look at a well, you know, if you looked in, for example, in Korea, if you looked at the uh, poster of uh, what's his name, Kim, Kim, Kim Jong, what's his name, Kim uh, Jong Un, Kim, yeah, Kim Jong Un. If you looked at that and like got angry, that would be known to the state through what they call the Internet of Bodies, having you know these um, means of monitoring your entire organ systems. Uh, that that's the kind of stuff that's uh, on the slate for these lunatics. See, here's the problem, right? So they'll put it in you. They'll mandate that you put it in you. They'll mandate that you pay for you to put it in <laughs> yeah. you. And then they'll charge you monthly for it. Here's the kicker. You forgot to pay your liver bill this month, so your liver's shutting down. And yeah. it's like, this is, I, dude, I guarantee that. I could see that being a fucking thing the feds roll out. Guaranteed. Yeah, no shit, man. You know, and if they get this in, a digital identity and CBDC, as well, they'll have you in this technological bind that you can't possibly get out of. I mean, a complete control grid is really what the, you know, this is a, a globalist uh, agenda overall. So they want a global state. And uh, there's a reason for that, because there's no escaping a global state. Like you can emigrate out of a country that's taxing you to death or torturing you or you know, censoring and, you know, propagandizing at you or whatever, all those horrible things that the state does. But you can't get out of a world state. So that's the ultimate objective of these people, which is a world state. And there's no escape from a world state. So then the government becomes even more oppressive and intrusive and uh, uh, taxatious, uh, exploitative, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and like you said, you can't run away from it. I mean, we ain't figured out how to get off the planet yet. So uh, yeah, that too. Kind of. Yeah, that too. I mean, you know, uh, short of Elon Musk's uh, uh, rockets, uh, you know, and, and the possibility of living on Mars, yeah, that would be pretty much the end of it. They wouldn't have any any say in anything. So we don't want global government, uh, despite what some people think. Uh, we want a smallest, smallest state you know states as possible smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller this is the tr- this is what uh hoppe hans hermann hoppe called a thousand lichtensteins that's what we want uh, the smaller the better because the the more uh, the less exploitative they are as smaller states giving when you have more options it puts pressure on the state to be less uh, taxatious, you know, exploitative, uh, oppressive, etc. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a goal worth achieving. I do mm-hmm. have one, uh, two final questions, and then we'll do the uh, we'll do the the uh, where where can people find you bit? But yeah, oh, <clears throat> I'm a complete dork, and I have been playing a lot of Star recently. And one thing that's been I've been getting a question in my head, honestly, is 
should we support as as you know whether politically philosophically whatever should we support space travel as a species should we look to the stars to expand our existence as a species or are we doomed to the planet that we're on because we've ruined this one why ruin others i don't believe we've ruined this one um but i think anything that human ingenuity can can attain it should try for uh but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be an exodus that out of a out of a out of bondage. You know, it should be out of the spirit of freedom and entrepreneurship. It should not be because we're enslaved here and there's not there's nothing else we can do. So we want to win here and then expand. I'm down with that. Kind of like uh, the the movement west, right? Like it was just just pure exploration. Just what's over there, right? Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. I don't think there's any, uh, I wouldn't put limits on the human species as far as its knowledge base or its uh, extension through space. I mean, I'm not, leave far be it from me to be uh, somebody suggesting otherwise. Okay. I like the answer. Final question comes from some weird dude up in New York. Uh, fight for Liberty. I don't know. It spells fight wrong. And apparently has like combative shows where people agree with things violently. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, uh, if you do not get the nomination in DC, how would you use your platform and connections to support the person who does win? Well, that's a really hypothetical question, <laughs> but I will uh, I'll answer it anyway. Listen, I'm I'm going to continue working for the LP. I will continue helping build the local uh, power that we're talking about. Uh, you know, I will uh, continue the project of project decentralization and in, in intensity and trying to uh, expand liberty in everybody's life. That's that's what I'm up to. Um, would I endorse anybody who wins? Uh, I, I can't say that right now. It depends on how they conduct themselves. But I don't think it's going to be uh, I don't think I'm going to have to make that choice. Let's leave it at that. I like confidence. I'm a big proponent of having confidence like that. I'm down with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a good answer too. Like just coming out saying like, oh, you know, whoever wins, I'll endorse them. I think that's stupid. I think it's always been stupid when Republicans and Democrats have done it too. Yeah. Um, I think you should stay principled and say, look, I didn't like this person then. I don't like them now. I'm not going to endorse them. I, yeah, I'm it fully per- yeah. It wouldn't be personal necessarily unless they've made it personal, but it would be principled. <laughs> it would be a principled stance. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. So, people can find you where? I mean, they got the the website on the bottom there, wrecktheregime.com. Where else can they find you? Well, wrecktheregime.com is where you find everything about the campaign that we have posted, and we keep track of everything, all the media, uh, all of our events. Uh, they can get in touch with us, uh, be a volunteer. Want If you want to be a delegate, they can do that by writing to us. And uh, they can support the LP at large. We have that prominently displayed on the site. We're trying to help the LP altogether. We're going to be turning all of our data over to the LP on, on an ongoing basis. That includes donors and such and supporters and volunteers. All that goes to the LP. Not to other candidates, okay, but to the LP. We're trying to help the LP. Um, Wreckthegime.com. And then if they want to know, more about me and some of my writings, which uh, and uh, we keep everything uh, record of everything there as well. It's a du- 
It's uh, michaelrechtenwald.com. That's where my books uh, can be purchased or directly from me or links to Amazon and other outlets. Um, so michaelrechtenwald.com is kind of like my personal business page. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's I'm, I'm all in on the campaign now. So Wreck the Regime is uh, also keeping all the records and, uh, and uh, you can, you know, they're kind of linked. But, uh, you know, rec I'm not promoting myself right now as, a, as an author and all that. This is about uh, this is about this movement. Well, that's awesome. Um, they can find you on social media. And oh, yes. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. At Rec the Regime, R-E-C the Regime. That's my handle on social media. Follow me there. And uh, I'll answer any questions people have that are asked in good faith. And uh, jo you know, join, join in the Wreck the Regime campaign and movement. So if I ask a question like, um, why does obesity and blue hair cause uh, wokeism? Uh, do you have an answer for that one? I'm afraid it's the inverse. Um, wokeism <laughs> <laughs> wokeism ca causes blue hair and obesity. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You eat too many vegetable products and at the, to the exclusion of meat and uh, you get overweight and then your hair turns purple. <laughs> yeah. All right, sounds good to me. Well, yeah. uh, Dr. Rector, I do appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come hang out with us. And uh, yeah, any final, any final words? Final words, wreck the regime. There Let's do go. it. Thank you. Appreciate it, my man. You have a good rest of your night, all right? You too, Chris. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Thank you. I mean, I can't say, like, we've had, what, four candidates on now? Five? Yeah, five. I mean, for, somehow the performances just keep getting better. Yeah. I mean, I... I agree. Maybe, I don't know if it's because we're later on into it or we just had, you know, better guests as, or they just got more developed as time went on. I don't know what it is, but. I'm more surprised at the differences because, like, fundamentally, we all want the same shit. Mm -hmm. But it's from so many different angles, whether it's more philosophical or economical or social driven. So he had a, he had a good mix of everything. Yeah. Um... It is interesting. I do. I do really enjoy it because you get to see, you know, like different people as they come on, what their opinions on things are, what their viewpoints are. Um, obviously, we all want the state to be smaller, but then it's it's the nuanced things, you know, like the different discussions that we get to have. It's the it's the, it's the the side stuff that you know, you get to really see who the candidate is. Because I mean, honestly, um, you know, anyone can just sit there and say that you know they hate the state and they want it to be gone, and they're I guess technically qualified, but it's it's everything else I think that really makes the candidate important and makes the just makes the argument better. Um, being able to talk to crowds, being able to tell them, you know, like we're not just anti-state, we're we're anti-this, we're this and that. It's just it's I don't know. Consciously an off-the-cuff based on video games. You know, that's a good answer. He gave a phenomenal yeah. answer. Yeah. Brian does say, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, Rhett killed it. Yeah, he did. Um, 
Fight for Liberty asked, have I done Chase yet? I've offered, uh, but we just had him on the podcast. We, he he was on two or three months ago, but we haven't done Chase yet. I was expecting him to bring up cultural thing when you asked him. Well, well I mean, his, his answer was what it was. I, I should probably finish reading that. I was expecting him to bring up a cultural thing when you asked him his most important issue. I keep forgetting we have audio listeners only, too. That's like our biggest platform. We just hit, a, what was it, 11,000 11, plays? Yeah. So. What is happening? Did I miss the interview? Yes. You can absolutely go back and rewatch it here in about 30 seconds when I hit end. So, anyways, um, actually, you'll have to watch it after you watch the Free State podcast. Um, Because he's going to do a live reaction to Biden's speech as he comes out and announces he is, in fact, Darth Vader. And you are, in fact, um, Wookiee Tonkashik. You're just, you're not in a good spot. So, ladies, gentlemen, my new found space nerd following, uh, (laughs) please, please, please hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the like button, the notification bell, all of those things. It really helps us out. It lets us know that you gave a shit about us being on the show. Um, yeah. And it helps us get bigger and bigger guests. I mean, honestly, uh, anyone who says that follow or subscribe count doesn't matter for what kind of guests you get on is not important. They're fucking lying. Cause that's, People do. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it on there. No, David Fight just uses his mouth, and I'm looking the other way. Um, but anyways, ladies, gentlemen, it's that time. Good night, good liberty, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.